Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Eric Garcia, and you're tuned into another episode of Is This Seat Taken? 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 <laughs> and in today's episode, we're going to talk about The Last of Us Part One, and I'm super excited about this. If you're unfamiliar with The Last of Us, Last of Us is a video game that came out in 2013 and would later be remastered for the PlayStation 4. And all remastered means is enhanced graphics. It looks a hell of a lot better. And let me tell you, it's been seven years since the original launch of The Last of Us, and it looks fantastic still. I just recently played it just because The Last of Us Part 2 just came out last Friday on the 19th, and what a fucking ride. I just beat The Last of Us Part 2 on Tuesday morning, and I literally stayed up. Like, I pulled an all-nighter. I haven't done that shit since fucking college or even then maybe high school. It's been a long time, and it was exhausting. <laughs> but I had to know what happened. And I, I want to talk about The Last of Us Part Two as well, but I'm going to split these episodes up into two segments. So I believe both games deserve their own time frame. It's just, it's a lot to cover. It's a lot to talk about. Especially with The Last of Us Part 1 because it's a video game that I hold very close to my heart. I love this game. And up until last week, this was my favorite video game of all time. And The Last of Us Part 2 took its place. It was very close to the first one. And we'll get more into that when I talk about The Last of Us Part 2 because it left me very emotional. I have never had a video game leave me like that. But I want to revisit the first game because, like I said, it's a fantastic video game done by Naughty Dog. They do spectacular work. Uh, I would highly check out, if you're into video games, the Uncharted series. Obviously, The Last of Us Part 1, or if you're familiar with Crash Bandicoot, they've done some really great things, and you can never really go wrong with them. And so in this case, even though I recently played the game, I've also played the second one. And so there's a lot of stuff going through my head. And I might get things mixed up, forget stuff. And so I found an article which basically recaps the whole story. So I'll be reading along that, but also putting my two cents in just in case uh, the article doesn't mention some things. And Naughty Dog is great when it comes to storytelling. And that's mainly what I look for when I play video games. Something that's going to immerse me in the world, get me connected to the characters, and make me feel like I'm actually there and involved to actually care. And so whenever I walk away... From something that makes me feel happy, angry, sad, whatever it may be, I know it did a good job. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to like it or I'm going to hate it. It just means it made me feel some type of way. And that, that's typically what I look for with whichever type of art I'm leaning towards. So I'm going to give a recap of the first story. And if you're unfamiliar with it, I, I hope you enjoy it. It's definitely something special and something I think a lot of video gamers hold dearly to their heart just because it really was a milestone in that time and you just don't run across good writing like that very often in video games. And not to say that PlayStation hasn't had any hit titles that have also done this. I mean, you could talk about God of War, Spider-Man, or maybe even some cross-platform games like Red Dead Redemption 2. Some really fantastic titles out there, but... Me personally, I just never have come close to anything as spectacular as The Last of Us. 
once again, this this is something I'm very excited to share with everyone and just talk about. And, and I hope everyone enjoys the story. And if you don't, well, I just hope it made you feel some type of way to where you can walk away feeling something for it. And if you don't play video games, this is the one video game I always recommend to everyone to play, especially for PlayStation. Go give The Last of Us a look. Um, I'll also link the article below that I'm going to be reading along of just in case anybody wants to check that out after to, to follow along the story or maybe they want to look into it or show somebody. So let's get this thing started and I hope everyone enjoys The Last of Us. The game starts off with introducing us to Joel who lives in Austin, Texas with his 12 year old daughter Sarah. Joel is about 28 or 29 during this period in the story. Joel is just getting home late one night from work and is on the phone with his brother Tommy. Tommy and Joel are discussing work in which case wakes up his daughter, Sarah, who was fast asleep on the couch. Now Sarah wakes up so excited and she looks up and on a clock that's on the wall and realizes that it's already hit 12 and that it's her dad's birthday. And so she has this gift and gives it to him and he just looks at her and is like, well, what's this? And so he opens it and inside of it is a watch. This moment was one of my favorites just because you really start to establish something between the two characters because he looks at her and he's just smiling. He's just like, where'd you get the money for this? And she's just like, well, I sell hardcore drugs. Yeah, I sell hardcore drugs. <laughs> and I just thought it was the cutest thing ever. It was super hilarious. And right there, you just see how close they are. The relationship that both her and Joel have. Now, they stay up late watching TV and Sarah falls asleep. Joel picks her up and lays her in bed. And then the story starts once again with you playing as Sarah, who wakes up during the middle of the night from a phone call. Now, the phone call is from her uncle Tommy, which is, you know, Joel's brother. He's in this, this very panicky mood. He's just like, I need to talk to your dad. Where is he? Put him on the phone now. The phone call cuts off. Sarah gets off of bed and then you roam around the house looking for her dad. Now as you're running through the house, you don't find him, you don't know where he's at. And then next thing you know, he runs through this glass door that basically leads to the, to the backyard. He closes the door and he's getting his gun. Sarah's like, what's going on? You know, she's very confused. Joel tells her, get ready to leave. And in this case too, in the background you hear explosions going on, there's fires, the news stations are going on, there's all this chaos that's just going around the city and you don't know what the hell is going on. In this moment when Joel's telling her, get ready, we're about to leave, next thing you know her neighbor just rushes through the glass door, breaks it, he's covered in blood, he's making like, <laughs> you know, those type of sounds. He just doesn't look like himself and they both know that he's infected, gets up sees both Joel and Sarah charges at them. Joel then takes out his gun and shoots him. And Sarah looks at Joel and confused and is like, Dad, you just killed him. Joel's like, we have to go. So they go outside to the front of the house and Tommy pulls up and is there to pick him up. The city is backed up. Traffic is horrible. They're passing up people too and families that are asking for rides. And Joel's like, no, just keep driving. And that's just the type of point we're at where it's just like, well, we can't trust anybody or we don't know what the hell's going on. So we need to fend for ourselves, right? These people who are infected are infected by a cordyceps fungus, which takes over people's brains and turns them into lifeless carriers, which you can only imagine that the fungus would grow over the face and the head of the person. I would say just imagine a zombie, but with fungus on their head. That's how they fucking look. And it's way more terrifying than you could ever imagine. They finally get through traffic. They get to the city 
and then all of a sudden an oncoming vehicle strikes Tommy's car and so the car flips over Joe breaks through the window the glass takes Sarah out who now her leg is injured and has to carry her through the city Tommy's fine he's fending off these infected they're running through the city they go through an alleyway and they end up getting ambushed by a whole bunch of infected so while he's holding them off he tells Sarah and Joel go now I will meet up with y'all when I can I will meet you there and so Joel turns away and he runs out the building towards the back they're more or less you could imagine like a park and they're running through there and then all of a sudden you see two infected chasing them now as they're being chased a light shows up and a soldier shoots the infected down Joel tells the soldier look I'm with my daughter we're not infected and the soldier calls in and says I have found an adult male you know he has a child with her and what do I do whoever responds back says to kill them the soldier shoots at Joel Joel dives and the soldier walks up to Joel with his gun, points it at him, is about to shoot him. And Tommy comes out of nowhere and shoots the soldier in the head. Now the soldier is dead and Joel is on the floor and you just hear Tommy say, oh no. And you hear in the background, Sarah who's crying in pain, holding her stomach because she has been shot. And this is the point where Joel gets up, puts her in her arms and says, it's going to be all right, baby. It's going to be fine. And says, no, 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 you know, and, uh. It's one of the most emotional scenes that I've ever seen portrayed in a video game. And I remember, I can still remember when it first came out and me playing it in my bedroom and crying. It was just such a tragedy. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. it. The acting was just so well done. I cannot commend them enough on how well they shot that scene and how well developed it was. And so now in the story, we fast forward 20 years later. Joel is now in his late 40s, and he is living in Boston, Massachusetts as a smuggler in a post-pandemic world. Now, North America is highly dangerous outside of the quarantine zones and other settlements where the remainder of the population live. Joel and his partner, Tess, go searching for Robert, an arms dealer who owes them some weapons. When they find him, he confesses to selling their weapons to the Fireflies, an independent militia group opposing authority. The group leader, Marlene, appears and promises Joel and Tess double the number of weapons if they can take on a job. After following her, it turns out she wants the pair to take Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, to a nearby meeting point. And so on their way there, Joel and Tess find out Ellie has been bitten by an infected. Her wound is three weeks old, far beyond when people usually turn. Which is true, because if you're bitten, you usually don't take that long to turn. And so this is the point where Tess and Joel find out that she's immune to the infected and that she could be the cure to saving mankind. That there might be a possibility of creating a vaccination, which is why Marlene wanted her smuggled out to the Fireflies so they could create one. And at this point, Joel is still kind of in denial. He's like, there's no fucking way. So once they get to the meeting point, they discover the Fireflies they were meant to meet have been killed. Tess reveals she's been infected and tells Joel to take Ellie and find the Fireflies where she stays behind to buy them some time. Joe and Ellie are forced to escape while Tess holds off pursuing soldiers, dying in the process. And that was very strong on its own because you look at the relationship that Joe and Tess have, and you could tell, you know, they're, they're partners in crime, right? They're, they're buddies. And here you are again seeing Joe lose somebody that he's close to, and all because of a girl that he didn't want anything to deal with in the beginning. And so he has this resentment towards Ellie still. But he's still carrying out Tess's last wish, which is get Ellie to the Fireflies. And so Joel and Ellie at this point continue their story. And then their first pit stop in this adventure is that they have to find an old acquaintance of Joel's, which is Bill, who owes him a favor. The hope is that this paranoid survivalist can provide them with a working vehicle. 
Things aren't quite that straightforward and a headstrong Ellie clashes with Bill several times, but eventually the duo escape Bill's territory in a pickup truck. Joel and Ellie are on the road heading west for some time aiming to find Joel's brother Tommy, a former firefly. Eventually in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, they are ambushed by a group of bandits and their vehicle is ruined. They need to escape the city which is under heavy patrol and full of infected. After being separated in a ruined hotel, the pair reunite when Ellie saves Joel from attack. Joel entrusts Ellie with a rifle while he clears out some more bandits on their path to the Fort Pitt Bridge. I just want to talk a little bit more about their point in the story when they meet Bill. Very paranoid, didn't really trust many people. He set up bombs all around uh, the town that he was in. And so you had to be very careful because if you stepped on it, obviously you would blow the fuck up. And there comes a point where you have to go find some parts for this pickup truck that he has stored away that can be fixed. But the parts are located in a high school, I want to say. And that's when you meet a new infected, which is called a bloater. And the bloater are just infected that have been infected way longer time. And during this period, you learn that there's different types of creatures. So you have your infected and then you have clickers who have grown that fungal on their, their face. And so they can't see, but they can hear. And they're called clickers because they make a clicking sound. They go, you know, obviously they do a lot more scarier, but those are clickers. And then now you're introduced to bloaters who have been infected way longer. And they're basically this big ass motherfucker that can fucking hunt you down and throws acid spores at you and very terrifying very uh very terrifying indeed and so you have to fight him you get the parts eventually and you end up going to this house which is where the pickup truck's at bill fix up the truck and then you find out bill has a partner who has hung himself because he was bitten but he was more or less trying to escape bill because he felt bill was very close-minded and just hated being around him and Bill was very hurt by that even though he didn't say it verbally just because Bill felt like that was his only friend and just to find out that he killed himself and reading a letter that he had left behind to Bill saying so long fucker you know I'm at this bitch and then the, the whole ambush idea when they get to Pittsburgh is also very strong because this guy this bandit comes out and he's like please help you know he, he acts terrified and like he's wounded and Joel's like, hang on. And Ellie's like, whoa, what the hell? And so Joel pushes on the gas and just rams this motherfucker. And when Joel pushes on the gas, this guy pulls out his gun and starts shooting at him. He's fine. And so they, Ellie and Joel, once they, they take out all these bandits and they have dialogue with each other, she's just like, how did you know? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, how did you know that he was faking? And Joel's just like, I've been on both sides. And so that just gives a little bit more of how aware Joel was around his surroundings like he didn't trust anybody and he knew what was fake and what wasn't and so it, it becomes this whole point where it's just very fascinating to see who he is and the character development once again that's going on throughout the game when they are separated in the hotel and then they reunite with ellie saving joel's life this is i want to say the first time ellie has killed somebody joel is getting drowned in a puddle of water from one of the bandits and Ellie comes out of nowhere, gets the gun that was from Joel that was knocked out of his hand and shoots this guy in the face. And he dies and ultimately saves Joel's life. And you could tell that it was shocking for Ellie, but it didn't look like it faced her that much. And Ellie for herself in the video game holds herself very well. She's very protective. She's smart, light on her feet, and is overall just a, a good partner to have in it. But you could also tell she's still innocent. You know, she's still a child. 
and I think that was the best part of the video game is that she, you know she's super funny she's very caring and, and sweet but she also has a side to her that's very rough and isn't scared to do what she has to as well and once Joel and Ellie make their way to the Fort Pitt bridge they meet Henry and Sam now Henry and Sam are brothers Henry and Sam are also trying to leave Pittsburgh Joel and Ellie join them and the brothers take them to their hideout Henry and Joel come up with a plan to escape via a security checkpoint during the night. Before that, the group makes their way to an old radio station. They're discovered and the two pairs are split up as they make their escape. Ellie and Joel jump into the river and wash up on a beach where Henry and Sam meet them again. And so I want to talk about Henry and Sam too just because I really enjoyed their characters. When they meet Henry and Sam, Joel and Ellie are on the run from basically I would say like a tank, right? A big ass vehicle that the bandits are operating that has like a, a machine gun turret and they're basically killing everybody in the city and is chasing them and Henry and Sam basically save them as Joel and Ellie are entering an apartment building and Henry uh, is obviously defensive and believes that Joel is one of the bandits so he starts fighting him but Joel gets the upper hand and starts beating the shit out of him then you find out that Sam is there which is Henry's little brother points a gun at Joel and then Ellie walks through the window and sees that Joel has a child. And if he has a child with him, that means he's not a bandit. And that's their first meeting of each other. When they get to a certain point of escaping, they have to climb this vehicle that has a ladder to it. The ladder breaks off. So Henry and Sam are already on top of the vehicle. So is Ellie. But they, they decide to leave Joel behind because they can't wait. Henry's like, I'm sorry. You know, if, basically, if I'm going to have to choose you or my brother living, I'm choosing my brother. So he leaves them. And Ellie could come along. But Ellie's like, nah. Like, if, if you're going down, I'm going down with you too. So she jumps off the vehicle. And now it's just Joel and Ellie. They escape the, the vehicle. And they jump in the, the ocean. And then that's when they get washed up onto shore. And Henry saves Joel's life by pulling him and Ellie out of the water. Now, it's also noteworthy to say Ellie doesn't know how to swim. So, without that, Ellie probably would have drowned. The group eventually reaches the radio tower where they are finally able to relax. As Joel shares stories from before the pandemic, Ellie checks in on Sam, who's taking stock of their supplies. After talking to him about their fears, Ellie says goodnight. It transpires Sam has been bitten by an infected, but hasn't told anyone. In the morning, Ellie goes to check in on Sam, who has turned overnight. The infected Sam attacks Ellie, and before Joel can get his gun, Henry shoots Sam. Overcome with grief and guilt, Henry then shoots himself. You get this whole character development with him. It's not like bam, 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 you know? It, it's harder to say when you're reading through it, but once you're playing the video game, you really start to create this bond with these actual characters. And Henry and Sam were just so wonderful and so close-knit with each other. By the time all this happens, you really feel like shit. Obviously, Sam getting bit is not ideal. I didn't want that to happen, and it did. And then you see Henry, who is overpowered with guilt, shoots his brother, which killed him, literally, because he ends up shooting himself in the head. And it's so traumatizing. Because even at this, when you're looking at Joel and Ellie, they finally come across good people, that they enjoyed their company. And then this happens. Especially with Ellie finding somebody who was around her age. I mean, I think Sam was about 13 or 12, but regardless, they got along pretty well. And Joel and Henry got along too after, you know, their first encounter with each other. And it becomes very tragic on how things play out. And that's the whole point of this game where it just drives your emotions back and forth too. They make you 
have these feelings towards these characters and all of a sudden things just go south and it's one of the main reasons why I enjoyed this game so much. So now the game fast forwards to fall. Several months have passed since the incident with Henry and Sam and Joel and Ellie are now in Jackson County, Wyoming. They're near Tommy's settlement in Jackson City, but need to make their way through an abandoned hydroelectric plant. As they approach the main gate, it turns out it's not abandoned at all. Tommy and his people are there, attempting to get the plant back online and generating power. Joel takes Tommy to one side and asks if he can entrust Ellie to him, and she'll be safer, and he knows the whereabouts of the fireflies. After invaders raid the plant, Tommy agrees to take care of Ellie, however she's taken off after overhearing the conversation. After catching up with her, Joel and Ellie argue about her going with Tommy instead. They're cut short, however, when more bandits approach. On the horse ride back, Joel decides to take Ellie to the Fireflies himself. Tommy tells them that the Fireflies can be found at the science lab at the University of Eastern Colorado. The pair rides off on one of Tommy's horses. Joel and Ellie find the university and explore the campus until they find the science building. It turns out the Fireflies abandoned the site and there's no sign of them. Joel finds a tape recorder with the final words of a deceased Firefly, who says the group has moved back to St. Mary's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. Unfortunately, they're spotted before they can leave and so Joel and Ellie fight to escape the university. In a struggle, Joel falls off a railing and lands on a metal pipe impaling him. Ellie defends Joel and helps him up, and they just barely escape. Joel in severe pain and losing blood collapses as they ride away. And so you learn more about Tommy, and basically they're just building this whole new society from the ground up. And Tommy's very open and with him and very uh, positive and very happy to see Joel and obviously offers him and Ellie a place, you know, with them to stay. But their objective is still to go meet the Fireflies. Joel at this point still wants to get Ellie off his hands and Ellie gets upset. Ellie runs off with the horse. When you find her and you track her down, it turns out there's bandits there. So you have to take care of the bandits. You come back and at that point, that's when Joel realizes that this is something he has to follow through and he has to finish. So then they end up going to that, that university. They explore around. They run into some, some infected, some clickers. They clear them out. And then that's when they find out information about the fireflies and where they're at. And at this point, when Joel is impaled by that metal bar, you think he's going to die. And this is when their relationship really starts to establish between Joel and Ellie. Ellie basically saves him. Ellie carries him out to university. He's bleeding to death. She's the one who's taking care of the bandits, shooting them. And there's a really another touching moment in the sequence before all this chaos started happening between them at the university. She, she asks Joel, so, you know, what is this place? And Joel just tells her, well, this is where people would go to find themselves to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And Ellie's like, well, did you ever go to college? And Joel's like, no, it, it wasn't for me. And so she asks Joel, what did you want to do when you, when you grew up? And he's like, don't laugh, but I wanted to be a singer. <laughs> and she's just like, really? Will you sing for me? And he's like, nah, <laughs> don't push your luck, kid. He asks her in return, well, what, what did you want to do when you grow up? And she says, I want to be an astronaut. And it's something that is very unique and special. You know, it's something that you carry between both characters and it's very touching. And the, co the little conversations that all these characters have with each other along this journey is just very powerful. And you could tell like it means something. It's something that you really carry on as you're going throughout the story. And it's something that even reflects when you get to the second uh, half of the video game with The Last of Us Part 2. So after they escape from the university where Joel is obviously in huge pain and is losing a lot of blood. Joel uh, hops on the horse with Ellie and they ride away. So now we fast forward into the game where it's winter 
and Ellie is now looking after a badly injured Joel. She hunts for food in a snowy woods with a bow and arrow. After hunting a rabbit, Ellie spots a deer and tracks it down. The deer runs through the trees towards a settlement. Ellie reaches the animal but hears that she isn't alone. David appears with his friend James. They want the deer for their people, but Ellie isn't budging. David offers to trade and Ellie asks for some medicine. While James goes back to get some, Ellie and David shelter from the cold inside a cabin. A group of infected emerge and force them to work together to survive. After they deal with the infected, David tells Ellie that a group of his men were killed by a crazy man traveling with a little girl. Clearly, David lets Ellie go with medicine as promised. She runs away and leaves with her horse. Ellie gets back to Joel and gives him some penicillin. Later on, Ellie overhears some men outside. They've tracked her and are looking for her. Ellie decides to throw them off the trail by riding back out, but she's spotted and the horse is killed. She fights to get back to Joel, but is captured by David. She wakes up in a cell and watches someone butchering humans. David brings Ellie some food, assuring that it's just deer meat. He confesses to cannibalism, but tells Ellie he can help her live if she can gain the trust of his people. She breaks his finger. David threatens to kill her. Meanwhile, Joe wakes up and notices Ellie is missing. Still hurt, he gets up and begins searching for her, running into David's men in the process. He captures a couple of them and interrogates them about Ellie, forcing them to tell him with torture the men reveal Ellie's location before Joe kills them both. Ellie is forced onto a table and held down. She tells David she's infected and shows him her arm. With the men distracted, she makes her escape and tries to find a way out back to Joel. Eventually, Ellie and David hunt each other in a burning restaurant, but Ellie grabs his machete and brutally kills him. Joel finally catches up to her and they head back on the path of the fireflies. Now, wow. <laughs> Like I said, it's so interesting because the storytelling is so good, right? And you can visualize some of the stuff that's being told. But this whole scene was such a powerful moment in the game. Just because shit really starts happening. Like, no matter what section you're playing, just shit's going wrong right after the next. And so this scene in the game is just so intense, right? And you just realize that the men that Joel and Ellie have killed back at the university were David's men. David, instead of killing Ellie, gives her this option of, you know, keeping her safe and doing this and that if she just cooperates with his men, but she chooses to say, fuck that, you know, I'm not doing this shit, I'm sticking with Joel. And obviously, I think if they had found Joel beforehand prior to it, they would have killed him and just try to keep Ellie alive. But that wasn't the case at this point. But the whole fight sequence between them both was very intense because at this point, you know, most of David's men are dead. And you fight David. He's on top of Ellie. About to kill her. She reaches for the machete. Gets on top of him. And as Joel's walking in. Ellie just starts slashing away at David. Just chopping him up. And blood's just flying everywhere. And Joel has to pull Ellie back and says. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's me. It's me. You know Ellie's just so traumatized at this point. She's crying. She's scared. There's just so much emotions that's going through this whole entire sequence once again ellie just held her own i mean under the circumstance obviously you gotta do what you gotta do she nurtured joe back to health and she did everything that she could at that moment to help keep this man alive you just see that joe is starting to build this relationship and open up more with ellie and to the point where they build this father-daughter relationship and joe is willing to go through anything to protect ellie to save her to be there for her and it shows throughout the whole game 
where you go from the beginning where he literally doesn't give a crap about her and doesn't want nothing to do with her to right now when you're going towards the end of the game and he's literally going to kill anybody in his way if they try to harm her. And so now we fast forward to spring. Joel and Ellie reach Salt Lake City and are heading their way to the hospital where the fireflies are. On their way there, they head through an old zoo where they spot a herd of giraffes peacefully walking through the site. Joel talks to Ellie and says they don't have to go through with the fireflies plan. They can simply lead peacefully with Tommy and his encampment. Ellie tells them that everything they've been through can't be for nothing. The pair approaches the hospital through partially submerged ruins. They both fall into the flowing water and Ellie almost drowns. As he tries to revive her, fireflies approach and knock Joel out. He wakes up in a hospital room where Marlene greets him. She assures Joel that Ellie is fine and that she is being prepared for surgery. Marlene explains that to study the infection for a potential cure, they need to remove it from Ellie's brain, which will kill her. Growing angry, Joel demands to see Ellie, but Marlene refuses and instructs her men to make him leave. On the way out of the hospital, Joel overpowers the firefly and learns Ellie's on the top floor. He then makes his way up to the hospital through heavily guarded areas. Finally, finding the operating room, Joel enters the room to find Ellie lying unconscious on the table. One doctor threatens Joel, but he shoots him. The other surgeons are too scared to move and Joel picks Ellie up. Running through the hospital, Joel enters the elevator and descends to the parking lot. Marlene confronts Joel, begging him to reconsider his actions, but he kills her to prevent the fireflies from pursuing them. He drives away. Ellie wakes up as Joel drives back towards Tommy's settlement. She asks what happened. Joel tells her that the fireflies had found many other people with immunity to the infection, but they had no luck with producing a cure, and they stopped trying. As the pair approaches Tommy's camp, Ellie stops Joel and makes him swear that what he said about the fireflies was true. Joel says, I swear. Ellie simply replies, okay. The credit scene pops up. What made the first game so impactful was this ending. Because you have two options. And this is where, when you're playing as Joel, mainly throughout the game, the only time you play as Ellie is when he's injured when the whole sequence with David comes into the hand. But most most of the game you were playing as Joel. And when you get towards the end, you have to put yourself in his shoes and see what is right and what is wrong. And one point, is saving humanity worth it? Is it worth losing someone that you love and care about? Because at this point, Joel is Ellie's father figure. No doubt. And he sees Ellie as his child. And so if you were a parent... And you ask yourself, would I sacrifice my child to save the world? Or would I say, fuck the world, my child isn't dying? And as a parent, I would assume most of them would say, fuck the world. I'm going to keep my child alive. And I'm going to love them. And I'm going to spend as much time as I can with them, even through this shitty pandemic. But then on the other hand, you have people who are like, what the fuck? You have the cure. We could stop this. We could possibly try to rebuild and go back to normal. And it's such a, a selfish act. And so what do you do? And the game ending like that makes you wonder, is Joel the hero or the villain? And in honesty, he's the villain. You literally said fuck you to everybody. But at the same time, I would have done the same thing Joel did. I think most people would have in that situation. And that's what makes the story so good. Because it puts you in this point of really thinking about what is right and what is wrong. And is there even a right or wrong? And it's tough. Because once again, this game came out back in 2013. And so literally, you would imagine that maybe a sequel is going to come. But even if it doesn't, it was just such a perfect ending. You could just imagine that 
Joel and Ellie lived happily ever after in Tommy's settlement. But then there's always the question, did Ellie ever find out? What? How would Ellie feel if she found out that Joel lied to her? Because obviously this is something that Ellie wanted. She wanted her immunity to mean something. And Joel basically took that away from her. And so it's very contradicting. And it's very sad. And it's tragic. But I think, once again, that's why I love the game so much. The gameplay wasn't bad. At that time, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Was it perfect? No. Was there things I wish that were done differently? Sure. But the narrative, the story was enough to keep me saying that this is my favorite game of all time. And that game, even then, at that time, did fantastic things. I thought it was a a game changer for sure. Now, when we talk about The Last of Us Part 2, hopefully soon in my next episode or, or within the weeks to come, that game has pretty much doubled everything and made it even better. But... We'll get more into that too because like I said, there's a lot to be said about that. But even though we're at the end of the story, I also want to talk about the DLC, the downloadable content that Naughty Dog added to the game because this gives a little bit more of a background to Ellie's story. And then once we do that, we'll wrap up the, the episode. So the DLC is called Left Behind and it's a standalone story where we learn more about Ellie and how she came to be bitten shortly before the events of the main game. So after Joel was badly hurt just before the winter chapter, We see Ellie exploring a shopping mall looking for supplies. As she makes her way through various stores taking down infected, she discovers a military helicopter. Inside, she finds a stocked first aid kit, but must first fight her way back to Joel when bandits begin searching the area. This is interspersed with flashbacks to before Joel and Ellie's journey. We see Ellie asleep in the quarantine zone where she lives when her best friend Riley scares her awake. Ellie had assumed she was dead, but it turns out she had been inducted into the Fireflies. Wanting to make amends for how they left things the last time they met, Riley takes Ellie out on the quarantine zone to explore in an abandoned mall. As they go through the shopping center, they find the trip switch and restore the power to the building. The pair talk and laugh as they have fun exploring the lit up mall, throwing bricks at the cars, pretending to play broken arcade games, and having a water gun fight. Riley reveals that she has been assigned to a firefly group in a different part of the country and asks Ellie what to do. Ellie tells her to go. Riley plugs Ellie's Walkman into a store sound system and they dance together. Ellie changes her mind and asks Riley not to leave. Riley rips off her Firefly dog tag and Ellie kisses her. Before the pair can leave in peace, infected are attracted to the music and they run away. In their attempt to escape, both Ellie and Riley are bitten. Knowing their fates are sealed, they sit down and decide what to do. Rather than commit suicide, they decide to ride out the infection and lose their minds together. Little do they know that Ellie is immune. You just feel for her just because she lost her best friend thinking that she was going to turn to just to realize that she was immune. And that's why her wanting to save humanity is such a big deal because she has felt loss and that if her immunity can give something back, then maybe she could feel at peace with everything that's happened to her. And the fact that Joel has taken this away from her and that she doesn't know about it cannot be easy for her, especially for Joel to tell her that her immunity means nothing, that there are plenty of others who are just immune just like her, and that the Fireflies have stopped trying to make a cure. It's not easy to deal with that. I'd like to say, if you haven't played The Last of Us, I would highly recommend it. I mean, there's me just reading the story and giving my little insight about the journey that you get there, and there's also you being there in person and playing the actual video game. And trust me, while you're playing the game, you feel so immersed with everything that's revolved around you. I cannot say that enough. The DLC is great. 
it it gives a great example of getting into Ellie's life and everything that she's fighting for and everything that means so dearly to her. And then the main game, obviously, building that relationship between Joel and Ellie is fantastic. And the characters they meet along the way. Because you go from Joel, who has lost humanity. He has lost his sense of purpose. Who becomes this killer. Who runs into this girl that he didn't think he would like. And then slowly but surely starts to regain his humanity back. He knows that he can love again. And that the world may not be all shitty because she's in it. And... When I think about this game and what it's done, like I said, it was just ahead of its time. It was so well put together and there's a reason why it's my favorite. I think the last article I read, published back in maybe 2018 or 2019, so the numbers may be a little different now, but they had only sold like 17 million copies between the PS3 and PS4. And now I don't know the exact numbers for The Last of Us Part 2, but I do know it is the fastest selling PlayStation game of all time. And so that speaks a lot especially with this game and how it means to a lot of people and I'm sure people have picked it up along the way just to know what the hype was about. Once again I, I just can't recommend it enough to check it out. It's by far the one of the best fucking stories I've ever played and definitely been told. It is like a fucking movie. If you don't play video games, if you know somebody who has a PlayStation, I would highly recommend just trying it out or even if you don't want to play it's still a story where you can just sit on the couch and watch your friend play or your spouse or whoever it may be because it's very entertaining. And once again, you're going to feel it. I, I guarantee it. You are going to feel so involved with the story. And I, I promise that you won't regret it. So if you have the opportunity, please check it out. Please, please check it out. I'll leave the link for the article below just in case you want to check it out and reread it for yourself. Once again, if you just want to see the gameplay or the story with the cutscenes, I'm sure you could go on YouTube and just look it up and they have it all online. Or maybe if you have a favorite streamer or something along the line, I'm sure they probably have it up on their channel. It's a classic, so it, it, it's bound to be there. But that that's the end of it. That's the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope the story resonated with you in some little bit or at least some points where I was talking that it sparked some interest and makes you want to go out there and actually look more into it and when we talk about The Last of Us Part 2 it'll be something um it it's carried a lot of weight on me and it's something I'm constantly thinking about all the time and we'll go more into depth with the controversies and how it's made people feel because this definitely sparked some attention but once again, I'm Eric Garcia, and thank you so much for tuning in. It really means the world to me, and I really hope you enjoyed the story of The Last of Us, and I hope, if anything, you could just resonate with it a little bit, because once again, this, this game means so much to me, and I hold it so close to my heart. I hope you are having a wonderful day. I hope you are safe wherever you're at in the world, and I will catch y'all later. Laters! Laters!